Welcome back to Kentucky History and Haunts. I'm your host, Jesse Bartholomew. I'm taking us to Anderson County today. Anderson County, Kentucky, specifically to Lawrenceburg. And if you haven't been to Lawrenceburg, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's in between Louisville and Lexington. It's a little bit closer to Lexington. And it has an adorable town square. I've been there. I've, I, I was there for some sort of festival. My friends live down there. Um, and I had fried peach cobbler or something like that. It was very good. Um, but yeah, so the town square, very cute. It's got major small town vibes. But there are a couple of really cool, ginormous uh, Victorian homes right on Main Street, like past the town square. And they are stunning. Uh, and they, they really are huge. It's kind of like shocking when you're driving down that road and all of a sudden there they are. Um, the area was settled by Germans in the 1780s. And Lawrenceburg is home to both the Four Roses and Wild Turkey distilleries. Those are both in Lawrenceburg. So now you have a reason to visit if you haven't already. Um, this town, Lawrenceburg, is also home to the Anderson Hotel, which apparently is extremely haunted. Listener warning, I will briefly mention suicide a couple of times throughout this episode. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Okay, here we go. When you research a place like this, that's in a really small town and its history goes way back, some of the details just get lost to time. But I've done my best to piece it together here. And now I know if I went down to the Lawrenceburg courthouse and I, I bothered the folks there, I could probably get more. Um, and maybe in the future I will, the next time I'm down that way. Um, but for now, I just use the internet and um, some of the paranormal investigators actually did a lot of research on their own too, so I used a lot of what they found. So this is the story of the Haunted Anderson Hotel. Now the hotel as it stands now opened in the 1930s, but I do have one story that takes place before that. According to an author named Lynn Gibson, who wrote a blog post about the hotel, there was a couple that lived at the site of the Anderson Hotel, but in the 1850s. I really don't know for sure, but I, I think that there was this building at this same site that was also used as a hotel and then maybe converted into apartments. So this couple was living in an apartment, I think, and the wife, Sarah, was married to a man who worked on steamboats. I always want to say steamboat captain because it rolls off the tongue nicely, but I realize that not everyone who works on a steamboat is the captain. <laughs> so her husband did something on steamboats. And one day, Sarah heard there was a horrible steamboat accident. And she was so worked up about this that instead of waiting to see if her husband survived, she committed suicide. A day later, the husband returned to find Sarah dead in their home. Now, I have to admit that it crossed my mind when I heard this. 
why would a woman commit suicide without confirming that her husband was dead and the person that found her was her husband? I don't know. Smells like foul play to me. But um, 1850s, a little too far back to investigate, so I'm just going to leave that one alone. Um, But it's worth noting that Sarah is still around. She is said to be one of the friendlier ghosts, and she's often seen in old-timey clothing, and she used to leave dimes at the front counter, which they believed was like a token of her gratitude for taking care of the place where she lived. For the record, there are at least three recorded suicides uh, at the site of the Anderson Hotel, and at least 13 total deaths. Now, I don't know what happened to the first building, but I'm guessing based on the time period and how these things go historically, it probably burned, right? You always hear about big buildings burning down in the 18-whatever. A new hotel was built on the site in the 1930s, like I said, and there was a cafe on the first floor. This was Heavens to Betsy Cafe, which is adorable, and... There's now a Heavens to Betsy bakery that's still operating in the first floor of this building. So that's pretty neat. This building, this hotel, was designed and built to be a really grand, special hotel. Upscale. It sounds like folks were anticipating Lawrenceburg to grow way more than it did. They thought they were going to be this big city. Like I said, Lawrenceburg is a very small town. So instead of becoming a luxury hotel, it became a low-rent apartment complex and hotel. Everywhere you look, it says that it became a place that, quote, attracted the wrong type of people, which created a history filled with drugs, prostitution, violence, and suicides. I really gave it the old college try following up on these claims. There is so much information on the paranormal experiences people have had in this hotel. There's very little in terms of concrete facts about its history. But it is consistent that everywhere I looked, it said this place turned into a really seedy atmosphere. In the 1940s, the hotel must have been an okay place, because I did find a newspaper clipping from January 2nd, 1945, where a couple had their wedding reception at the hotel. And it was a big article. I mean, it was a couple of paragraphs. So typically the fancier people had their life events announced in the newspaper. So it must have been a pretty upscale event. Uh, you know, with people who, like, have cotillions and are members of their local DAR chapter. Those types. I feel like I should mention, it was the wedding of Miss Frances Bailey and Sergeant Henry Hutchings III. Sergeant Hutchings had just returned from completing 35 missions over Europe as a gunner with the U.S. Air Corps, and he was being reassigned upon returning from their honeymoon. You guys, I paid for a subscription to newspapers.com finally, and it has been the biggest time suck. I go down so many rabbit holes of useless information, but it's also awesome. It's it's really cool. Um, 
anyway, enough about that. Uh, in a video that I watched, this uh, paranormal investigator named Jeff Waldridge, who I'll talk about a lot, he said that he also went through a bunch of newspapers and other sources to find his information. Um, so he found a newspaper clipping from 1950 that showed that you could stay at the hotel for $2 a night. Um, I found that in 1955, the property was sold to L.D. Shriok or Shriok. Now, at the time, the property housed the hotel, the Anderson Grill, and something called the Louisville Store. Before the sale, the building was owned by a man from South Carolina. So it's at this point in 55 that the business falls back into the hands of a local because this Shriok or Shriok guy, he was from Lawrenceburg. Um, so yeah, after the 50s and, and early 60s, you, I really couldn't find anything else about it. And I think maybe that's when things started to go a little south. So I think it's safe to say that although it was not the builder's intention, the Anderson Hotel turned into a, a sad place. Bad things happened there, and it would seem the bad stuff never really left. So like I said, the hotel turned into apartments, and it bounced around from owner to owner over the years. And then in the 1980s, it was shut down, and it stayed dark for three decades until finally in the 2010s this paranormal investigator Jeff Waldridge he took an interest in the place and he started spending some time there at first there wasn't a lot of activity your very basic voices and maybe some light hair pulling nothing crazy until one night when they found a blood soaked mattress in a room where they believe a young girl committed suicide. After they found that mattress, everything, the whole vibe inside that building, completely changed. There are photos of this mattress. Um, just so that you know, everything about this building and, and the hauntings there are really well documented. Uh, you don't need to see the photo. It's as unpleasant as you would imagine. But there are photos of it in the room where it was found. And they were able to confirm that it was blood because they'd actually brought luminol with them to the investigation. And when they sprayed it on the mattress, it lit up like crazy. So it was after this find that visitors reported feeling their hair being pulled more aggressively. Creatures were seen slithering on the walls. They were hearing voices. They were hearing screaming voices. And then some people would feel these sudden sharp pains and then realize they had bite marks on their bodies which is so disturbing to me. I'm fine with a little hair tug, a little tap on the shoulder, bites, I'm out of there. Um, and like I said, they've documented all of this really well. They have pictures of the bite marks, uh, video, like right after it happened. Someone else was bitten on the foot. He said he felt this pain, almost like a burning on the top of his foot. And when he took his shoe and sock off, there, there they were. There were the bite marks. It's crazy. 
Um, for what it's worth, Waldridge said they believed there are either 12 or 13 ghosts haunting the Anderson Hotel. I'm not sure how many of them are biters, if it's just one really angry ghost. Um, I don't know. But that does, um, that is in line with how many people they think have died on the property. So I think that's where they got that number. Waldridge and the others found something else, though. And this is really even stranger. It's this tablet. It's this wooden plank. I saw in one place it might be a piece of floorboard, but it has these really strange markings on it. Um, So what they think is that the owners in the 80s were also experiencing pretty serious paranormal activity in the hotel, and they were using this tablet as a way to try to get rid of it. So um, the investigators started moving this thing around from room to room, and they said it seemed to, quote, change the activity in the Anderson Hotel depending on which room it was placed in. They ended up calling this thing the summoning tablet, even though it mostly did the opposite. Once they found it, the activity pretty much stopped in the room in which it was found. So maybe the owners were on to something. This is so fascinating. The summoning tablet was donated to the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult, and still, no one there has figured out what the writing is and what the symbols are. Now, I am going to post a photo of this because it's, it's super mysterious and I love it. So, once word got out that this place was super active, the producers of the show Paranormal Lockdown were like, yeah, we got to get to Kentucky and meet these ghosts. So, Nick Groff and Katrina Weedman spent 72 hours locked inside the hotel. EVPs picked up Groff being screamed at while he was sleeping on the bloody mattress, which, can we just talk about how much dedication that is that he straight up slept on this bloody mattress? I can't imagine he was actually sleeping. He, I, no. Um, But also during this investigation, the cameraman was bitten on the back. So this crew decided that a lot of the violent stuff that was going on was coming from one apparition that they called the burned man. Not sure what that's about, but that's what they decided to call him. They saged the place before they left and hoped maybe there would be some peace in the hotel after that. No such luck. After paranormal lockdown, more and more groups went to investigate. Their experiences were violent and extreme. Several groups announced after their initial visits that they would never step foot inside the place again. Eventually, this led to the owners shutting it down completely in 2017. But before they did, Waldridge and a few others went in for one last investigation. That night, paranormal researcher Greg Newkirk was bitten on his arm, foot, and multiple times on his sides. Now, I know when I hear about things like this, I tend to question their legitimacy, but here's what they said about the bites. Quote, The strange marks came quickly and without warning in full view of two high-definition cameras. 
and were accompanied by strange, upsetting events that were experienced by everyone present. Even now, we still have trouble watching the footage. So I think they came out and said later, what they were talking about that was so upsetting was that they saw these terrible creatures dragging themselves along the floor. So, no thank you. And yeah, the building was shut down in 2017 because these things that were happening to investigators were just too extreme. And I think it was making the owners a little nervous, like maybe from a liability perspective, but not too nervous, I guess, because the same year they reopened to the public as the Anderson Hotel Haunted House. And if you like haunted houses, it sounds like this one is tops. I scrolled way back on their Facebook page to 2018, and they're bragging about uh, how many people came from all over Kentucky and even out of state, and they couldn't make it through the entire haunted house, which I just love. I love scary stuff, but I'm also a big chicken. I bet some of you can relate. Like, I love to be scared, but I also, like, will hide my face uh, from a scary movie. Um, I have chickened out at the Baxter Avenue morgue, so, yeah. But uh, I'll read you a review of this place from Ohio Valley Haunts about their experience at the Anderson Hotel Haunted House. Since 1933, countless residents have died inside the hotel. Deaths that have occurred include falling out windows, suicides, burnings, and multiple hangings. The legitimacy of the rooms intertwining with the history of the hotel makes this a must-see attraction. The hotel rooms include original furnishings and antiques from the past. The original bar room is part of your journey. It's one of the most haunted rooms, containing some of the spirits from the past and present. The cast includes clowns, as well as Hollywood characters such as Michael Myers and Freddy. This was a very energetic cast. They truly play on your fears and emotions. There's many other strange and wild creatures walking the dark and tight corridors and other hotel rooms. If you ever get a chance to see the other side of the hotel, known as the bad side, take advantage of it. The plans are to lengthen the attraction to that side next season. The haunt has been featured on Destination America and is a favorite place for paranormal investigators. We had the opportunity to go to the bad side for a private tour. Just walking through that huge heavy fire door is something else. At first, I didn't think anything happened to OVH, but after we went outside, I felt a little strange. We journeyed to the back of the hotel building to check it out, and while sitting in the car, we observed the back storm door open and close twice on its own. There was no wind, and I even ventured out and over to the door to see how heavy it was. Guests, two of the spirits attached themselves to us and decided they wanted back inside their home. Spooky. <laughs> so, Ohio Valley Haunts definitely approves of the haunted house. There's another 2018 article that's pretty funny, and it, it was about, again, how people chicken out, but this time it said people chicken out before they even get into the tour. Like, they get, the quote is, probably two dozen get to the top of the stairs, look around at the creepiness of the lobby, and say it's not for them. So, I mean it when I say that the vibe of this place is just very uncomfortable, to say the least. 
I did reach out to the Anderson Hotel Haunted House Facebook page to ask if they planned on being open this year, and they said they're still trying to sort through some things. So the answer for now is stay tuned. They were closed last year and the year before for COVID. In the meantime, though, you can check out the Paranormal Lockdown episode and find plenty of other videos about the paranormal at the hotel on YouTube. I'll post pictures and articles and videos to go along with this episode on kyhistoryhaunts.com. I'll also post to social media, so make sure you're following Kentucky History and Haunts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a topic suggestion for a future episode, email kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com. Someone suggested the Anderson Hotel to me. I can't remember who it was. I can't find it. But whoever it was, if you're still out there, thank you for the suggestion. It was a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, I think that's all I've got for now. Once again, make sure if you haven't already, start listening to my other show, the Pine Overcoat Podcast. It's, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. It's about all sorts of crazy stuff, but I think you'll be entertained or you'll learn something or maybe you'll fall asleep to it. I don't know. That's for you to decide. Thank you for listening. Uh, Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time.